All right, we're back for another episode. It's the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. I'm Tokyo Cliff, and today I'm without my co-host, Buddha. And as you probably already know, sometimes we record at Studio Noah. So this is our backup location. I'm not in the mobile man cave today. But uh, I have a great guest with me, interesting guest. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Tucci, and I'm a software engineer, more precisely an engineering manager now, um, and director of Women Who Code Tokyo. Awesome. Welcome to the Royal Mobile Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's your global Japan fam, Daisha, and you are listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast from my favorite corner in the world, Shibuya, Tokyo, Japan. You know, I've been following the group for a while now, and I've been to a few events, actually, and I think it's awesome what you're doing. Uh, Yeah, tell everyone what the group is about and what's the mission. So uh, Women Who Code is a global nonprofit organization. So it was it is not particular to Japan. Uh, it was founded in the U.S. but expanded into more than 20 countries. And now it has like more than 60 chapters in cities around the world. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, the mission of the organization is uh, to inspire women to excel in technology careers so I like to explain that as in, like, we're not only trying to bring more women into tech, but we're trying to make them succeed and become the next leaders in tech. Beautiful. Yes. And that's, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. A lot of women uh, drop their careers, uh, like, in, in the middle. So that's one of the big causes of, like, uh, imbalance in the representation. Of course, yes. Yeah. When when did this organization begin and like where? What was like the first city? I'm not quite sure. I think it was New York. Okay, makes sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, the Tokyo chapter started about five years ago. Uh, I wasn't here. Okay. Uh, but it was started by a group of uh, Japanese women uh, at the time, and the group was mostly focused on the Japanese community. But about a year and a half ago. When I joined, all the directors were already bilingual. And then I was like, okay, is it, is it a problem if I don't speak Japanese? I can't organize events in English. And they're like, that's not a problem at all. That's actually great. Okay, so, so they were looking to go global, I guess. Or, yeah. Or re- be more diverse. Yeah, expand their audience. Expand their yeah. audience. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I actually, what was I met you at the one you partnered with, Code Chrysalis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. The, I think it was a JavaScript. Yeah, JavaScript workshop that yes. we did with Code Chrysalis. We we partner with them for this event quite often, actually, okay. um, because it's it's a really nice hands-on workshop intro to programming that a lot of our members are in, are interested. Okay, cool. Are there any other um, orgs or companies that you partner with during uh, events? Yeah, we had uh, workshops with Yamaneko, uh, the uh, agile consultancy, and. Uh, sometimes we had with Mercari in the past uh, with some speakers from Mercari. So, yeah, we are always like partnering with other companies and uh, organizations as well. Okay. So you are the director of Women Who Code. Yeah. And what is your uh, position at Mercari? I'm an engineering manager. Engineering manager. Yeah. Wow. So I have a team of five people now. <laughs> okay. 
Cool. Yeah. Uh, what type of events do you guys do? Talk about some of the events, different events right. you do. So uh, Women Who Code, as an organization, try to focus in events that can inspire women to like uh, pursue their careers uh, or like pursue like a, a next promotion, that kind of thing. So inspiration is one big focus. Second focus is skill building. So we do like workshops uh, where people can learn about technical skills or soft skills as well, like leadership, communication, public speaking, that kind of thing. That is also really, really important to advance your career. Yes, I've been reading um, about uh, that, people overlooking soft skills in the tech industry. Yeah, yeah, that happens quite often. Okay. <laughs> so we try to cover all that. And we also have networking events uh, basically to connect women in tech uh, with companies, with other women, with mentors, that kind of thing. And talk about the, the demographics. Obviously, you know, we're in Japan, we're in Tokyo. I'm sure you have a... a good number of uh, Japanese women, but um, how, how many foreign women do you have um, coming to Quite your events? Quite a uh, lot, actually. Events? Okay, really? Yeah, yeah. ever since we started uh, organizing the events uh, in English as well, we reached this audience of English speakers. And even our uh, group of organizers is pretty diverse. We have like one person from each different country. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, it ends up like attracting a very diverse crowd as well. That's something I think that it's it's a really awesome thing. I think for foreign women here in Japan, you know, I think when you when you move to a, another country, sometimes you might be afraid uh, to change careers mm -hmm. and try something new. Definitely, yes. You know, you know, we're in Tokyo. You know, obviously the culture is different, the language is different. So, mm -hmm. I think people might take less risk. Yeah, 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 definitely. They just, just want to stay... They uh, don't have the safety network that they have back in their home exactly. countries. Yes. So yeah. that's what I I think is really awesome about, you know, obviously women who code and just the international community here in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And we try to highlight that on the podcast, um, that, it's, you know, it's a very vibrant and creative community here with a lot of opportunities and yeah. network events and... Actually, uh, it's quite impressive to me that like when I started organizing the Women Who Code events and I started like going to other uh, tech meetups as well, and I met so much of the international tech community here. Yes, it's it's a really incredible community. I really like to to go to those events and mm. like bring them to the Women Who Code events as well. That's definitely. Really cool. So for the the foreign women who are interested in, in uh, changing their careers or in, in attending your events uh, are they coming from all different type of backgrounds like far as careers and yeah yeah so actually it's quite interesting that we have people that come from like completely different backgrounds like from uh, marketing finance uh, all those kind of uh, like backgrounds and they're starting to learn to code so they come to our study sessions and they're like oh where do I start or like can you help me I'm trying to solve a problem here and etc but we also have women that are in kind of like related um, areas to tech, but they want to expand. Gotcha. Uh, so for example, some people are working in like data analysis and they already know like basic like data analysis tech, like SQL and data visualization, but they're like, I want to expand into data science and actually make the tools that I'm using. Wow. So what is the next step for that? So there's like all kinds of um, backgrounds and like focus okay. on the girls that come. Yeah. Cool. I think that, you know, a lot of people obviously come here and they teach English. And I, I've even met 
a few people uh, who came here to teach English and then they realized that they wanted to move on, not downing the teaching profession, but Mm -hmm. that's that's a possibility. You can come here and if you want to do something else, there's all these opportunities out there. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, uh, where where do you come from? Let us know. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, where are so you from? I'm from Brazil, and my hometown is called Campinas. It's like a one hour drive from São Paulo. And yeah, I, I was raised there my whole life. Uh, How was it? It's it's, it's interesting. Peaceful. It is, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was quite peaceful because Campinas is like. Um, how can I, I like to compare it to Yokohama to Tokyo. Okay. It's kind of like a smaller but still big city. Gotcha. And just close to the capital. Close to the yeah, okay. So it's it's basically that comparison. So it was the right size, the right crowd was not like too crowded or like, you know, mm-hmm. or too empty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. What is something that you would recommend me seeing or eating if, if I went there? Mm, uh, I think the most famous spot in Campinas is the big park uh, in, in the middle of the city. There's like a big lake and a park around it. And it's actually called the uh, Portugal Park. Portugal Park? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been and, to Portugal. Love that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and they have street food that is really nice like um actually there's one thing that I, every time i talk to people here in japan they find quite interesting is that tapioca yeah uh which is something that i believe is originally from brazil really i didn't know that <laughs> uh here it's really really common on the bubble tea yes thing but in brazil one one thing is that bubble tea is not a thing oh it's not a thing <laughs> no uh and tapioca the most common shape of tapioca is kind of a crepe oh really yeah so we eat it like a, a crepe with um you can put like chocolate or banana or or you can put like ham and cheese and that's called tap- tapioca tapioca yeah wow yeah. i yeah. didn't know that yeah so it's it's like it's going crazy out here tokyo <laughs> it's like every time i turn around it's tap tapioca this and tapioca that yeah. it's all the uh convenience stores are selling it it's just like wow yeah when i first saw it i was like what (laughs) yeah i opened my fridge my wife's like she's got like three or four of those things in there i'm like all right all right (laughs) but uh cool cool and what inspired you to get into tech uh were you always into um technology so when i was growing up we had a computer i had to share with my brothers we had only one computer (laughs) and at some point, I discovered the internet, and then uh, I, I actually, it's, it's quite interesting because I was interested in Japanese anime at the time. I never, ever imagined that I w- was going to be working in Tokyo many, many years later, but yeah. uh, at the time, I, I really liked like the Japanese anime, and then I had a blog uh, where I posted about like Japanese animes and like where to find them and how to watch online, that kind of thing, and at some point... I was like, okay, I want to provide more structured content on my blog. And this layout is not enough. So I started like tweaking the layout of the blog. I started like messing with the HTML and like uh, all the styles. And then I learned a little bit of JavaScript ah, there you to go. Yeah. customize. Uh, so that was all like because I wanted to improve my blog. Gotcha. <laughs> and yeah. then I realized that I started like making a website. Uh, at some point, it was basically a portal. And then I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. Maybe I should try that for a living. <laughs> wow. And where did you, uh, you just found, like, Google 
some stuff on yeah, HTML. And yeah, basically. I was, yeah, and it was a lot of trial and error. So because I had the, the, the files on my computer, I was just like inspecting the source code and like changing things. <laughs> yes, yes. And copy, paste, does it work? <laughs> hey, <laughs> you were on your way right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Then so, I realized software engineering is exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? A lot of, a lot of figuring stuff out, mm. right? Not copy, knowing what paste. To do. copy, paste. <laughs> Google. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. And so, and so from, from that point, what did you do? Uh, yeah, from that point, I went to university for computer engineering uh, in my hometown. Uh, my university was called, uh, we call it Puki Campinas. Puki? Okay. Yes. Puki is the is an ac- acronym for the name of the Puki. university. Yeah. Okay. And it was five years, but it took me six. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I started working as a software engineer uh, on my last year. Okay. Yeah. In your hometown. Yeah, at the time, uh, so I worked for a startup in my hometown as a web developer. And then after a while, I applied to Samsung. So I joined Samsung as an Android engineer. Oh, cool. Um, working with their mobile applications. Samsung sent me to South Korea for one month to work on a project. And that was basically when I realized I was like, wow. The world is so big. <laughs> yeah. So that, was this your first time um, traveling outside of... For work, yes. For I, work. Ha- I had been to uh, the U.S. for like vacations, but it was my first experience like working abroad. And I was like, I really want more of this. So that's when I started like my journey out of Brazil. Um, and initially I went to London. I worked in London for two years. And then I transferred to Tokyo. Ah. So the startup that I was working for in London uh, was acquired by Recruit, a big Japanese corporation. Yes. And then uh, the main office was Tokyo. And that's when I decided to transfer to Tokyo. So you were like, this this is my chance, huh? Yeah, basically. Because I was in London for two years and it was great. Like I, I, I love London actually. But my work was getting like, um, how can I say London office was not growing. Okay. And uh, since the acquisition by Recruit, most of the decisions were made in Tokyo. And then I was like, I want to be closer to where stuff is happening. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's, it sounded more interesting. Plus, mm. of course, the adventure of moving to Tokyo. Did you visit before you moved here? or um, no. I visited for two weeks when I had already decided to move. <laughs> Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> like while the, the process was ongoing. Okay. Then I came for two weeks uh, to work in the office here. Uh, but it was already decided, basically. We were already, like applying for the visa. Mm. Um, but luckily, I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just had my parents just came uh, to Japan recently. They, they left, but uh, they, were, they were overwhelmed with, you know, it's a totally different culture. They, they had never been... Yeah. Outside of the U.S., so uh, yeah. But yeah, Japan, especially Tokyo, can be pretty overwhelming. Yes, yeah. especially if you're not from a big city. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm from New York City, um, so it wasn't too big of a adjustment. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's a huge city. Yeah, right now you are you're, you're basically a, you're tech leader for a nonprofit organization as well as Mercari. Can you talk about the experience of being a tech leader and a female tech leader in a country like Japan. Mm. 
Interesting.、Uh, so, actually, it's quite interesting that in Japan, the fact that I'm a foreigner is more important than the fact that I'm a woman. <laughs> and I've, I, this, I've heard this before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From previous guests. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And especially the fact that I don't speak Japanese as well. Okay.、Uh, so, it, it's basically most of my struggles, I think, were regarding language barrier or cultural difference rather than gender. Okay. But I have experienced like, Some,、um, I don't want to say like discrimination exactly, but some st-、uh, stereotypes. Okay. You know?、Uh, so the way men react to you. Yeah, exactly. Or the way they expect me to act. Okay. Right? Definitely. So、uh, actually,、uh, I, I heard from a Japanese teacher once. I was、uh, taking Japanese lessons and he was asking, like, okay, so you're like、uh, living in Tokyo. And working, do you go to the supermarket every day? Do you cook for your husband? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds、uh, typical. Yeah. yeah.、Uh, those kind of things. But at work, most importantly, I feel like I've been succeeding in、uh, not letting any stereotypes like, define me or block me、um, by the fact that. How can I say? I'm not the typical Japanese girl. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So um, I do speak up when I need to. I go after what I want. I asked for the management position. Wow, nice.、Um, and I heard from other women in the company that I was like, yeah, we, we have to ask. We have to go and say, like, we really want to do this so they know because the general idea is that we're not interested. Okay. Yeah. Got you. And, and, and like you said, it's not expected of you to、yeah. be a manager. Exactly. You know, what's expected of you is probably, you know, to find a husband and get mm-hmm, married mm-hmm. and have kids. And, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And eventually lead the company, right?、Mm-hmm. So,、yeah. living in Japan, I think、uh, anyone who lives here knows that they can improve. They can improve in how、mm-hmm. they treat women in society. And, and yeah. They definitely need to、um, help them come back into the workforce, you know, after,、mm-hmm. after having kids and stuff like that. So I, I've been kind of reading up on that a little bit. But、uh, what I realized is that from previous guests, it seems that there's foreign women have a slightly different experience or maybe vastly different experience compared to Japanese women、mm-hmm. at, at, at these companies because I, I think that's because you know, they are Japanese,、mm-hmm. they are of the culture. So maybe Japanese men might be a little more hesitant to treat you the same way.、Uh, yeah, definitely. You yes. Know? yes.、Um, I think the managers that I had in my companies we were always like Japanese men.、Mm-hmm. And They usually, I, I felt like they didn't know exactly how to handle me. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they were kind of like hesitant, like, yeah. oh, uh, uh, mm, <laughs> yeah. do, <laughs> do yeah. I、uh, ask your, more of your opinion? Do I give you more opportunities? What do you want to do? I'm not quite sure.、Mm. Yeah. So that's why I learned to be very, very clear and very direct. Gotcha.、Uh, which I don't know if they perceive as not very girly or what, but at least it got me. Career success. Yeah, yeah. It got me a promotion. It yeah, got me. Got you、like、what a, you wanted. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah.、Um, what is that something that you try to do at, at Women Who Code? Are you trying to uh, um, inspire women to definitely、yes. be courageous and, and ask for that manager、yes. position? 
Exactly. So uh, actually, we try to invite speakers to our events that can share similar stories like that. Like I already shared my story in one of our events, of course. Um, but we invite always the speakers that can share similar stories of like their career and even like uh, the non-traditional uh, career path where they changed careers from a different background or where they were pushed out of the industry to get married, but they came back. And they're like, no, I'm not leaving. Yeah, and they fought <laughs> for their thing. career. Yeah, so nice. it's very inspiring, and we always try try to bring this kind of people. Yeah, and one thing I've realized, you know, just from you know mixing it up with all these people, and that there are Japanese women out there fighting for their careers, right? Yeah, you know, um, sometimes you know, you know, when you think of the culture, you might think that oh, all of them may not have the same aggression and and um, determination as like maybe foreign women but they, they there are there are uh japanese women out there who, mm-hmm. who are strong and my wife is one of them actually so you know strong nice. and, and and determined and mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh it's nice to see this shift um a little bit and um one thing that i i, I recently read and i totally agree that there is this idea as well that for women to succeed in tech or in their careers in general, leadership positions, they need to become uh, stronger and or they need to be more assertive or they need to like speak up or whatever. And sure, that's true, one side. The other side is maybe we all should like appreciate more what women already bring to the table. Exactly. Uh, instead of trying to change them. I agree. Um, so there was this statement of like, oh, women like apologize a lot and, and maybe like over apologize. Like, sure. But like, instead of telling women to apologize less, how about we tell men to apologize more? That's true. (laughs) Maybe we can find a balance. Yeah. You know, I agree. I Um, I definitely agree. So yeah, that that's the kind of message that I think we should be passing. Okay. So your events are in English. Uh, are you in both languages? Uh, depends on the event, yeah. So if the organizers are uh, bilingual, we try to do it as bilingual as possible. Um, but we some, some events we mix Japanese and English. So uh, we have one speaker uh, speak in English and the other one in Japanese. But some of the events, depending on the av- availability of people, will be only English. And we also had only Japanese in the past as well. Cool. In your opinion, what can the tech industry do to make learning environments and working environments better for women? There are several things. So one thing is more, well, people need to be more aware of their unconscious bias. Uh, so everybody has unconscious yes. bias. Yes. Like It's not something that like, oh, you have it, like you're a bad person. No, exactly. everyone has it. You're right. Um, but when we become aware of it, uh, we can counteract. So if you realize that, oh, maybe... I'm like preferring someone that looks like me or that acts like me or that thinks like me. Then you realize that you're like, maybe I'm going to be more open-minded to this other person who is completely different. So I think that's the first step, making people more aware. The second step is making like, and that's not only for women, but will affect a lot of women, uh, is making work conditions more flexible. Because still in today's society, women are uh, mostly in charge of family and etc. And while this doesn't change, uh, we have to make more flexible arrangements to enable them to have a time for their career and to have like chances of success yes. just as much. 
as men. So that's another thing. Okay. There are other things like objective evaluation. That's, again, also trying to uh, counteract the bias. So the more objective your evaluation process, the more less biased it is. So that this gives a better, a more fair chance yes. uh, to have diversity in leadership positions. And the other things that the industry is already doing, that is those kind of communities like Women Who Code, uh, f- to provide inspiration, to provide uh, role models, uh, to put uh, a spotlight into the issue, uh, to bring awareness yes. and, and to bring a network of support for women that are not quite sure yet. Yeah. So, And one thing I think would help too, and I think men should be more on board in supporting mm, women, right? That's true. Uh, you know, obviously we don't work in different working environments. Yeah, we we exactly. work in the same working environment, right? So mm-hmm. if things are going to get better, ultimately men are going to have to be yeah. on board with that, right? Yeah, 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 totally. And it's so important to have uh, allies um, because, like, again, if we one of the current problems that we have is that women are not taken as seriously as men or not as, as often they're heard. So then when we have a man to speak for them, like, okay, like, we should uh, listen to what she's saying or, like, to support, then, like, we have this way better chance of making progress. Right? Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. And and I also I think too when women are in leadership positions and they um, they're you know opinionated and stern, we shouldn't look at them a different way. Yeah, like a bitch. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, this, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, often yeah, yeah. women get labeled you know mm-hmm. bitches or whatever. Controlling, controlling. Or, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely all aboard and behind that um, and supporting women. And we try to do that on the podcast as well. Our first year, uh, like 70, 80% of our guests were men. And I was just like, you know what? We got to get more women on here, Mm -hmm. right? So I've been trying my best to get more uh, women on here and women who are, are, you know, doing great things and leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, what, what advice do you have for women who may be interested in getting into code or tech? Mm -hmm. My first advice is align your expectations in a sense of it's hard. It's not easy. <laughs> so like um, we we hear a lot or we read a lot people saying like, oh, you can learn to code really easily. You can just like follow this thing online or whatever and learn to code. And like, mm, this is setting the wrong expectations. <laughs> yes. And I, I, can, I can agree to that and attest to that because I'm actually... I started my coding journey like two, three weeks ago. So, yeah, at Code Chrysalis. <laughs> Shout out to Code Chrysalis. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's not easy. So, like, of course, it's not impossible. Uh, it's totally doable. And, but it requires discipline and you, you, it will take time. Uh, there's just so much to learn. It is. Um, You're so always I, learning. Yeah, yeah. So I think adjusting expectations is really important uh, because it avoids that you get frustrated and that you give up or that it crushes your self-esteem. You know, like, am I too stupid to learn this? <laughs> no, you're not. It's just hard. I've, I've had those thoughts the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I know uh, that uh, women in general have lower self-confidence than men. So that's the biggest advice that I can give is, like, you are not, like, stupid or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. It's yeah. hard for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. 
All right. So what, what's coming up for Women Who Code? Um, any events coming up? Um, we have a regular study session once a month uh, that we do. Kind of like people come with their laptops and they, they study some of the topics around programming. And then we help each other with questions and stuff. Cool. So we have that every month. There's, there's one coming uh, this month, too. Uh, what else? Um, you did some traveling recently, right? Nagoya. Uh, yeah, we and, went to Nagoya. Yeah. And what was that about? Was so that was the first uh, networking event for women in tech in Nagoya. Wow. Uh, because Women Who Code only has one chapter in Japan and it's Tokyo, but we have a few members that uh, were traveling to Nagoya and they said like I really wanted to have this community there. And I said, like, I love this idea. Cool, cool. <laughs> Let's do it. So we had the first event there. And it was quite interesting. Like, we had, like, 25 people coming. Uh, it was a great turnout for our first event. Yes. Great speaker. Amazing lady from uh, Toyota. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's her name? Mizumi. Mizumi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's super inspiring. Her talk was, like, amazing. And then we had this networking time after, and I got to meet like really cool people in Nagoya as well. Cool, cool. And also uh, Singapore, right? Ah, uh, yeah. You went to Singapore. Yes, yeah. that as well. So Women Who Code has a yearly conference that they do, and it's usually in the U.S. in April. But we decided that we needed one in Asia because San Francisco is too far. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people here in Asia don't have support to travel all the way there. For this conference. Okay. So we brought it to Singapore for the first edition. Um, nice. Uh, it was Women Who Code Connect Asia. And it was chapters from Tokyo, Seoul, uh, Kuala Lumpur, or out Singapore, of course. And we had chapters from India coming as well. Nice. Um, so it was really nice. Oh, Taipei as well. Um, we gathered like a lot of Women in Tech in Asia. That uh, was really like an amazing event. Sounds like it was awesome. Yeah, big conference. First time in Singapore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I don't know much about Singapore. I just I heard it was clean, but... It's very clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks fairly similar to Japan, but everyone speaks English. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Before we get out of here... You know, let us uh, let the audience know where to find uh, Women Who Code. Ah, yeah. So Women Who Code, uh, well, you can find on the official website, womenwhocode.com. If you do slash Tokyo, you'll find our chapter. And we are also meetup.com. All of our events are published there, Women Who Code Tokyo group. And, yeah, we have events twice a month. Okay, cool. Uh, We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, uh, Code. Uh, underline Tokyo and that's it <laughs> alright well definitely appreciate you for joining me on the podcast mm, and thanks for the invitation yeah My letting pleasure. me know all about women who code oh one last question mm. can men join your events of course okay yes. okay I, I think sometimes <laughs> like you know when we see women something we're like okay yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. only for women <laughs> yeah no, I know uh, so the, the main thing is like our main target are women, uh, Yeah, of your primary target is uh, women. But men are welcome. We don't discriminate based on anything. Okay, um, awesome. We have code of conduct uh, uh, cool. that we put in place to make sure that the environment is safe and friendly and welcoming. But yes, everyone is welcome. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Tucci. You. Right? Yes, Tucci. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Roar Urban Mobile Podcast from Tokyo. Thank you for listening to the Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. 
For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com. Or you can head straight to Google and type in Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.